Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 115 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 21 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and right there, there's three ways you can get in touch with me. Uh, While you're there, why not consider buying one of these terrible books that I wrote? There's two for sale. Uh, They're really bad, but they match, so they'll look nice on a bookshelf, and you can brag that you bought these books. I don't know what to say about them. (laughs) I'm not sure anybody will be impressed that you bought them. I mean, they're bad. Yeah, but get them. They're fun. Yay, yay. That's the only commercial on this podcast is please buy this book, but other than that, That's it. I don't think I'm going to get sponsors because I have like three listeners. (laughs) I know, I'm exaggerating. I probably don't have three. (laughs) Okay. How's everybody doing today? I feel like I've been pretty off schedule. I think I said that in the last episode about like when my podcast is recorded or released. So I think we're back to it now. Uh, It's Sunday. I'm doing it Sunday around noonish here. And uh, I I just want to keep this going. But I mean, there's not that many episodes left now, right? I mean, the book has how many chapters in it? Uh, Does anybody know? We're at chapter 21. Let's go to the end. Oh, no. There's only nine. It goes up to 29 plus epilogue. So that's not good at all, right? Let's. uh, Sorry about this clicky-ass keyboard here. All right. That's a bummer that we only have like eight weeks left of this, huh? Who else is sad? I don't know if I'm going to get to 2022. I'm certainly not writing a book in November. I don't think I can do that. (laughs) I think it just messes with my sanity, and especially I don't have a plot. You know what I mean? Well, what's going to happen in it? That would be a bummer, though, if I don't have a podcast. I'll have to think of something else to do, right? I mean, what should I start doing instead? Oh, well, I don't know. That's bumming me out just thinking about it. But anyway, today we're going to read this book because it's terrible. See, you know, that is one thing about this. This book is bad, so do I really feel bad that I'm not going to write a sequel to this bad book? (laughs) Okay, so we're reading chapter 21. Let's get to it. Enough negative talk. Uh, Chapter 21, it's 152 lines, uh, so it's kind of long. I think it's got like a fun start. It's kind of different than... um, what do I want to say? Some of the other ones that I've written starts off a little quick, I guess. Uh, it's good, but we're going to see some magic. Uh, if you remember last episode, Margot and Henry absconded. How do you like that word, huh? Absconded from an inn that was packed with magistrate soldiers. Ooh, spooky. And uh, they took off, and uh, we're going to find out what the hell happened after that. So, uh, do you like that? That, uh... Recap? Uh, <laughs> Previously on Jeff Reads His Book. <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm amusing myself slightly, but I'm not good with words today. I probably need some some drink in me. So uh, why don't we stop delaying and just dive on in to Chapter 21. So for today's episode, I'm going to be sipping on a Great Lakes Brewing uh, Crushworthy. It is a... Locale Citrus Wheat Beer. Ooh, it's good. I like this one. I bought a 15-pack. 
recently-ish. I don't remember when. Last week, maybe? And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to stick with some lighter beers. Um, and it is pretty tasty. Um, pretty citrusy. What do I want to say? It's definitely getting into, like, uh, summer shandy territory, but not exactly. I think it's, uh, it doesn't have as much sugar in it, so... You know, it doesn't taste that way, at least, I guess. I mean, it might, but it's a little more sour, but it's very good. I very much enjoy it, yeah. Mm. I mean, usually I don't buy the expensive beers, but it was like $18, but it was a 15-pack of cans. And being the cheap bastard that I am, I somehow logicked myself into saying that that's not that much more than a dollar a can, because I was paying like $12 for 12 cans of like Labatt Blue, so eh, it's not bad. I, I don't think it's a bad deal. I think it's a little better, but I almost bought uh, Great Lakes Dortmunder Gold, which is very delicious. I really like that one. Mm. They also had a 15-pack of that at the store. The only problem is that that beer is heavy as hell, and uh, I don't want to be a fatty, fat, fat, fatty pig, so I'm trying to, like, maybe stick with some of the lighter beers, maybe not drink as many. Uh, we'll see about that, though. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, and here's this fun beginning I said that this chapter was going to have. Okay. Award triggered. Margot could hear the man curse outside, far from the tent. Ooh, they're camping. If they had tripped over their protective spells, they were still far, but they were moving towards them. She shook Henry awake next to her, who came to with a start. She whispered into his ear, Somebody's outside! Henry nodded and crawled on all fours to the tent door unsteadily, giving Margot a great view of his butt. <laughs> I could have been looter with that. I don't know that we've established how Henry sleeps. Naked? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think it's been established, so uh, let's not get it. I could have been much filthier. Let's keep going. So could his butt. Oh, Margot rose to a kneeling position and concentrated on listening outside. Looking back at Henry, he continued struggling with one shoe, trying to get it on as if he had just woken up, but he blocked her exit. Margot now crawled to the exit. Oh, God, but I thought he was being blocked. Um, Margot now crawled to the exit and tried to squeeze by to grab her boots, sliding them on. She motioned for Henry to scoot back into the tent, and she peeked out the flap. Ooh, who's outside? They had set up a campsite well off the road behind an, behind a elevated bridge. Ridge. Oh, God damn it. Let's try that again. They had set up a campsite well off the road behind a elevated ridge. That's right. I didn't use an elevated ridge because I'm dumb. Making them impossible to see from the road. There was substantial trees and undergrowth as well. <laughs> That's how I always describe trees as substantial. <laughs> so she was pretty sure they would be undisturbed. Still, someone had triggered her protections. She stepped out now, staying low and looking in all directions. She saw nobody, which she wasn't sure she liked. Henry finally emerged and looked around silently. Movement 
started on the other side of the ridge. Someone, or something, was moving through the undergrowth, though they couldn't see who or what. Margot squatted down in case someone came off the rise. <laughs> oh my god, this is bad. Of the rise, okay. And Henry did the same once he realized what she was doing. A distant yell now sounded. Anything? Whoever was on the other side of the ridge responded, Nah, just that damn trap. Somebody's got to be around here. Not our Not our problem. We just need to mark it, the distant voice said. Should I do it distantly? Not our problem. We just need to mark it. It sounds like maybe it was more phone-like. Okay, well, he was talking on the phone then in that case. All right. Yes, yeah, I guess, said the nearer voice, sounding disappointed. The trudging through underbrush started again, moving away. Margot stood motionless, tensely waiting until the stranger was well away. Cloaking herself in a strong spell, she scrambled up the embankment and peeked over. Remember there was a elevated ridge? Yes, okay. Two soldiers stood at the side of the road. One appeared to be pulling a small flag out of a quiver, while the other was holding the reins of two horses. The one with the flag stuck it in the ground at his feet, while the other one led the horses back onto the road. Both had odd goggles propped up on their foreheads. Ooh, very silly. Mm. Mm, That's good. That wasn't a drinking break, but I wanted a drink. She clambered back down to Henry, releasing her spell. They're leaving, but they left a little flag in the ground. Oh no! (laughs) Mages? Henry asked. No, just soldiers. But they had weird goggles on their foreheads. So weird that we couldn't even spell the word correctly. I wonder if that's how they found us. But they didn't find us, Henry countered. They sort of did, they just didn't keep looking. It's like they saw the magic, marked it, and left. Why would they do that? Margot suddenly realized what was happening. We should leave. Let's pack up the camp as soon as possible. Why? They left, Henry said with a confused face. I think they saw that there was some sort of magic, probably using those goggles. Ooh, that's fun. Do you guys remember in Bring Balance, Margot had like a spyglass, I will call it, also known as a magnifying glass, um, that could see magic, I guess. Remember they looked at a fake door or some nonsense? I don't know. Um, so why Henry would be surprised those goggles did something is stupid. Because he was there. Oh, but this book takes place before that. Wow. Okay, burn. <laughs> you know what would have been like a good like continuation is if they were using that spyglass and then Margot beat them up and took the spyglass and then it appeared in Bringing Balance, huh? That would be like some Rogue One Star Wars shit right there. Okay, but I didn't write it that way, so it doesn't matter. Uh They've marked our location, so my guess is that they have a few small teams of mages on fast horses, just looking for where soldiers set the flags. They have plenty of soldiers they can use, but now they only need a few mages riding and looking for the flags. Ooh, that's very boring. Can't we just get a few hours of peace? I'll get everything out of the tent. You break it down, Margot ordered as she dove 
back into the tent flap. That's fun. Uh, After quickly and haphazardly stowing the blankets and pillows, she emerged to find Henry already beginning to disassemble the makeshift wood supports. Does this mean we can't use the road, he asked as he worked. Margot moved to collect their cups and plates lying on the ground. Oh, you're going to get bears attacking you if you do that. Well, maybe she has anti-bear spells. That's probably a thing in the world of magic, don't you think? What are you supposed to do with your dishes? I'm not good at camping. I don't know what I'm talking about, so. Uh, You know what I do? I eat on paper plates, and then I throw them in the garbage can that the campground provided. (laughs) Um, I think we should be okay. I doubt they're looking for us. She knew they had disappeared last night, but she hardly thought that was a reason for search parties. She suspected something else was afoot. Their camp was broken down and stowed in about five minutes, and the pair set off through the woods to the road. Henry suggested moving the flag, but Margot could could see no point, since they would no longer be there anyway. They started their walk east rather than returning to the town from last night. She hoped they would pass some merchant or farmer headed towards Frevin's Run because walking would place them there well into the night. Jeff's laundry finished in the dryer. She had guessed that they had traveled no more than a quarter mile when she heard hoofbeats in front of them to the east. I like all these directions, huh? Uh, I should get like some coconuts and make sound effects in this podcast, don't you think? Or, well... I mean, I'm on a, uh, is there like a program I can use to make sound effects? That's kind of a stupid question. I mean, of course there is, but, (laughs) hmm. All right. Um, does anybody know where I was? Uh, okay. They could make out three riders coming quickly towards them and their red cloaks came into view as they approached. Henry pulled Margot off the road and out of their way. To her surprise, the riders never slowed. The three horses thundered past them. Moments later, the riders had disappeared out of sight, behind Henry and Margot. Drinking break! Mm. I'm kind of sipping this, but I probably shouldn't, right? This is a whole can of beer, man. Mm. So good. Alright, where were we? Does anybody know? Let's uh, page down a little bit, huh? Oh my god, this takes so long. Here we go. No interest in us, Henry said, clearly as surprised as Margot was. Oh, no interest in us, Henry said, clearly as surprised as Margot was. They're looking for something or someone, but we clearly aren't them, Margot said as they began walking again. Because they were approaching Freben's Run, albeit slowly, Margot knew this search had something to do with that event. The raid had taken place late at night, two days ago, though. The raid had taken place late at night, two days ago, though. How am I supposed to do this? Let's try it again. The raid had taken place late at night, two days ago, though. She concluded that they must be looking for a person, and what they witnessed was their desperate search down an outlying road. She conveyed this idea to Henry, who nodded. Do you think someone escaped the raid, she asked? That has to be it, Henry said, but I've never heard of anyone that interesting from Freven's run. 
I think they, I, they, uh, okay, I don't know why I'm saying I think, oh, it's the next line, my bad. Uh, but I've never heard of anyone that interesting from Frebin's Run, said Henry, the douchebag elitist from Sandhill. <laughs> they might just want to job true, uh, okay, they might just want the job truly complete, Margot suggested, using awkward sentence structure. I think it seems more likely that this missing person took something of value, Henry said, adding after a moment, or did some severe damage to the magistrates, I suppose. Maybe, Margot said. This little mission was turning out to be more dangerous and complicated than she originally expected. Drinking break. Yay, drinking break. I think it's a real one, too. Hmm. Hmm. I could drink these all day, I think. I'm going to get another 15-pack this week of this shit. I don't feel real bad, you know, drinking it. Like, guilty. Not wasted. I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying. After an hour of walking, the pair had still not encountered any merchants or farmers. They did finally run into another pair of soldiers. In goggles, though. The soldiers on horseback rode much slower, looking from side to side through the goggles as they went. When one finally noticed Henry and Margot walking, he did a double-take and leaned towards his partner to get his attention. Both stopped on horseback and looked at Henry and Margot as they approached. Henry wasn't particularly concerned about the soldiers. While they were armed, there were only two of them. Furthermore, they were obviously looking for something specific. Otherwise, the mounted mages that had ridden past them would have stopped. Henry figured they must just be a curiosity that would be reported at some later time. Must just. Okay, that's... Oof. This book is... I don't know how you guys listen to this. It's so bad. <laughs> Regardless, given they were... <laughs> Regardless, given they they were stopped... I think that they were stopped... Henry would have to at least speak with them. They both pulled their goggles up as the pair approached, eyeing them suspiciously. Mm. Good day, gentlemen, Henry said when they were within earshot of his normal voice. There certainly are quite a few of you on the road today. He okay. He looked at Margot, smiling, who raised an eyebrow at him dubiously. What is your business? The soldier closest to him asked. We are off to see her cousin, Henry lied. Seemed innocent enough. Another mage, he asked, squinting at him. Henry laughed lightly and responded, No, definitely not. He can't even put his shoes on right, let alone do magic. He made a show of laughing and looked at Margot. She crossed her arms and was shaking her head. And Henry thought she did it for real, not as part of the lie. Oh, Margot doesn't like Henry's flippant attitude. Henry laughed. Uh, bloop, 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 bloop. He looked up at the soldier with a tired face, with as tired a face as he could muster. Wow. I can do that any time of the day. <laughs> do you mind if we continue? We've already told this story to another set of guards, and we're both tired. There's been no farmers or merchants along the way today to give us a lift for whatever reason. Is there something going on that has brought all of you here? We're just here for your protection, sir, the soldier said. Henry looked at them and asked, from what exactly? Oh boy, that's not really what you want to say to a cop, am I right? <laughs> 
soldier who Henry was addressing shifted uncomfortably in his seat. Probably has diarrhea from eating at the inn, am I right? He looked at the horseman who shrugged. Turning back to Henry, he seemed to show a bit of exhaustion. We're looking for three younger mages that have gone missing. Are they dangerous? Henry asked with some mock fear. Are they dangerous? We're told they are, yes, the soldier said, nodding. We've been searching for them the last few days. He paused, then hesitantly added, You haven't seen any other mages walking along the road? Can't say that I have, Henry said, shrugging. Just magistrates. Very well, good day to you, the soldier said, then nodded slightly at Margot, who returned the gesture. They slid goggles down and continued past Henry and Margot down the road. The couple started walking again once the horses passed. Margot shook her head, saying, I'm surprised they didn't take any more interest in us. I don't think they wanted the hassle, Henry suggested. If they wanted to arrest us, think of the problems that would create for them. They are clearly looking for three specific people, so... If the stop, if the stop their search to bring us in for questioning, wow, I must have been wasted writing this chapter. They'll probably get in trouble for abandoning the search just because two random people were walking down the road. Also, he continued, there's no actual evidence they encountered us, so they can always lie and say they never saw us. I suppose the mages that flew by on horseback might question that story, but they could shrug that off. Actually, you made a good point, Margot said, nodding. These are soldiers, probably just army regulars. They don't, they probably, oh my god, probably again, seriously? They probably don't have any love for the magistrates or their causes anyway. Why would they care? Maybe, Henry said, trailing off. And that ends chapter 21! Well, we got to see some magic in that chapter, at the very least. Um... Kind of a bummer that, like, uh, I it's I didn't put exciting in the description before we read, because I wouldn't classify this as exciting, right? I mean, maybe some tension? I don't think it's exciting. Uh, it was, eh, it was okay. Uh, I do like when I add camping to these books, though, because I am so poorly versed in, like, camping and survival and all that kind of crap. I, I'm useless with it, like... Uh, I mean, we were talking about they left all their plates out. Is that something you do? Especially since Margot could just hide them. You know what I mean? Like in her little, uh, you know, nothingness there. But I don't understand. I, 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 I feel like that'd be, even if there weren't bears, and I'm assuming there are bears, <laughs> uh, wouldn't you get a lot of ants or at the very least raccoons are going to show up? And then that's a whole thing, right? You don't want that. I, I mean... Clean up after yourselves. What a bunch of piggy pigs, huh? Just making a mess. Ugh. Gross. I mean, just gross. I feel like if I went camping, like that kind of camping where, you know, it's not like a lot where you park your RV and there's uh, somebody already built you a grill or something like that. You know what I mean? Anywho, uh, if I went camping like this, I think I would be killed by a bear. Yeah, probably first night. Probably wouldn't make it to midnight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say here. I'm a dumb, I'm a dumb idiot. Yeah. So, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm, you know what, I, with like camping stuff, I'm more concerned about like ticks and stuff. I'm so scared of ticks. 
We get them around us, I think. I don't know. They're gross, but... I guess you just need lots of bug spray. Do they have magical bug spray? Right into the show! DearFreedsBook.com! I would assume they do have magical bug spray. Yeah. Probably makes you smell nice, too. That would be my guess. Why not mix it up, you know? If you, if you can do magic, make it repel bugs and make you smell not like harmful cancer-causing chemicals like DEET or whatever the hell they put in off. You know what I mean? Hmm. All right. Why don't we just hit some discussion questions? I'm not really feeling the chattiness today. You know what I mean? I think I've said you know what I mean like 17 times so far. Let's have some beer. Okay. All right. Question one. All right. So clearly Henry was musing, and and Margot, I take that back. Both of them were musing that the soldiers probably wouldn't tell anybody that they saw Margot and Henry, right? And just, you know, omitting information from their superiors, you know, for work, whatever. Have you ever lied or omitted information at work? Yeah. And I'm thinking specifically so it doesn't make work for you. <laughs> just like, you know, I'm just not going to tell anybody and then I won't have to do something. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I can think of like when I was um, when I was in college, I worked at, just for the summer, I worked at some uh, now non-existent, I guess like Web 1.0 company. That maybe two, I don't know, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, when did they have a dot com boom? I don't know. <laughs> they uh, sold. They were like a business to business computer seller or something like that. And uh, my job was to, when there were special orders, manually enter like the order information into the database. It was very dull, so it was data entry. You know what I mean? But uh, I got a. Uh, we I remember me and my friend were working together, and we got. They said, oh, we got a piece of paper. Usually, you know, we'd spend all day typing in serial numbers. We got this packet, and some company ordered like 40 Hewlett-Packard monitors. I remember they were HP monitors, right? You know, they were probably CRTs, but they cost a shit ton. I'm sure they were like $250 each. But there were a ton of them, and they all had a serial number. And I was, I remember looking at the papers and being like, I'm not entering these. This is stupid. <laughs> I just kind of was like, I'm just going to say the freaking paperwork got lost. There's too much of this. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so I didn't do anything with it. And the summer went on. And I think towards the end of my time there, whatever that company was, wanted to return the monitors. <laughs> and there was this whole like frantic problem that the company couldn't find the, the uh, serial numbers because they were never entered into the system. And I would just, you know, shake my head like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> In the end, though, uh, they did find like the order from HP and I had to hand enter all those goddamn serial numbers anyway so that they could process the return. It was so annoying. I, I hated that. Yeah, that's the only instance I can think of. I mean, other than lying, I mean, lying at work, meh. I don't think that really happens that much. I mean, that shit catches up with you pretty quick. So. <laughs> All right. So write in if you have like an example of that. That's good times. Good times. All right. Question two. So the soldiers are wearing like goggles, right? Um, and they seem pretty cool. Am I right? Like they're probably like steampunk-esque, you know, like maybe made out of brass. You know, yeah, that, that'd be badass, right? Are there any, like, practical applications for, like, steampunk-style goggles? Like, big ones that you put over your face? I guess, what, night vision goggles kind of look like that. 
Oh, wow. I just thought of one. I didn't even think of that. What I was thinking of when I wrote this question, of course, were um, Dan Aykroyd's goggles when he hunts ghosts in Ghostbusters, which he only uses that one time when they're getting the uh, Slimer in the uh, dining room, right? He puts it on so he can set the... when he peeks in the room, right? Yeah. That's the only... uh, So I guess night vision goggles is like an actual application of that, huh? I think... I'm basing my knowledge of night vision goggles on the Archer cartoon. So, mm. can you think of any other like fun goggle applications? Not just swimming, like something fun. Why would you wear goggles? Not safety goggles and that kind of stuff or paintball goggles. Come on, come up with something good. Yeah, let's hear it. Right into the show. You're going to head over to jeffreadsbook.com and right there, three ways to contact me. You can hit me up on email jeff at rainbow-100.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff, huh? That's pretty simple. And you can hit me up on Mastodon at Jeff at Rainbow. Oh my God, I got it wrong. At Jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. Yeah, that's my Mastodon account. It's pretty fun. Yeah, just write into the show. Tell me what you think. This chapter, I got to apologize, was just chock full of typos. I mean, it was... A lot of spelling errors and grammar errors and bad sentences. This was a bad one, I feel like. Worst we've seen lately. And, of course, I haven't edited this book, so, eh, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, I mean, that about wraps it up for today, though. I feel like this was supposed to be a long episode because the chapter itself is kind of long, but I just don't feel chatty today. I cannot put my finger on it, so... Let's just wrap it up, huh? I'll let you guys get on with your day. You probably want to listen to some other comparable podcasts, right? So uh, anyway, until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.